I don't know if you remember, but uh, around mid-June last year, I've preached on prayer. And we've looked at how prayer is much more wider than supplication and asking God for things. It's much more wider. And we've seen how prayer is a mean of grace to us to connect to God as the source of life. It's really what does, uh, does prayer do. And I landed on a question at the end of this preach, and this was the following one. Which chair are you sitting when you are praying? Yeah. Right? How is your internal world like when you are praying? Are you guided by fear? And you're like, oh God, please, 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 do, do, you know, that's, I'm really fearful something's going to happen and I'm, and I'm praying and praying and I'm begging and I'm begging. That's being guided by fear. Or are you praying for a position where I want things, I need things, God, come on, give me, give me a bit like a spoiled brat, yeah? Just right now, God, yeah? Okay. Or are you praying, sitting in heavenly place? By the Holy Spirit, partnering with him, trusting him, knowing he's good. Okay? So not from a position now, you are down below and you are this poor little sinner and you're an orphan and you're disconnected with God. All of those are lies because we know we are sons and daughters and we are not sinners anymore. We are saints now. Even if sometimes we make, we, we, we make mistakes, but we are saints. Okay, so are we still down below or are still selfish or are we sitting in the right place? Do you know, this is such a relevant topic because recently um, a very important prophetic word was given to, his, to us by Graham Cook. And in this prophetic word, Jesus is promising an acceleration of God's kingdom but he is also asking us to change our mindsets about a couple of things, okay? And one of the mindsets he asks us to change is the way we think about prayer. So here is the, the section on, in this prophetic word that I'm going to read out for you and what uh, Graham Cook actually said. And imagine it's the sweetest tone because God is not harsh, okay? So he's not going... Is this too hard for me? No, he's not speaking like that. He goes, is there anything too hard for me? Come closer and you will discover that there is no situation where I cannot be magnificent. I will touch your eyes. I will renew your mind. I will open your heart so that out of your mouth will come words of trust and faith. That would empower yourself to stand in my presence. Beloved, what would it take for you to believe that I am utterly magnificent towards you? It's time to stop living like a beggar. When you actually have an inheritance in my son and in myself, stop praying like a widow. And learn, learn to pray as a bride. And he goes on describing how when we live from the fullness of God, we become solution to the chaos around us. 
that he has called us to live from abundance, from the fullness of the relationship we have in Jesus. So here it is. This is the new mindset. I call it, I call it, we have God's ear. We have God's ear already. Okay? So let's look a little bit more about that. Maybe I should point that way. It's a good day today, isn't it? Here we go. Good. Oh, good. Excellent. So we want to dig a little bit deeper. And we want to pray. Utterly convinced that God is good. He wants our good. And when we pray, we can move him. Because we need to pray basically utterly convinced that we have his ear. Yes. So the first thing is how do we know that? How do we know we have his ear? How do we know that he can be magnificent towards us? You see, the first thing is we are not beggars. We are his sons and daughters. That's what the the Bible says. So bear with me. I'm going to dig out a couple of verses, right? But, you know, just close your eyes. Listen to the verses. Let your spirit hear them. Because I bet you you know them, but they need to go deeper, right? So you know Jesus came to love the world so we would not perish but have an eternal relationship with him, the Father and the Holy Spirit. You agree? Yes. Effectively, when we accept Christ in our life, we become born again from the Spirit. Totally new creatures. Say with me, new creatures. creatures. Right. The old has completely gone. The old is dead. Say with me, the old is, get, is dead. Do you know what? It's completely kaput. Okay? It is not that God has fixed us. It is not that he's improved our model a little bit. It is not that he gave us a little bit of life. No. He completely, radically changed us from somebody dead to alive. Yes, he breathed on us new life, completely new life. Okay, and you could read all about it in Romans chapter 6. How you know we were dead and now we knew, completely new. Okay, not an old, a better version of what we were, we completely knew. And actually, in Romans 8, this is what he's saying. In Romans 8 verse 1, you've got all the verses behind me. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because for Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law, the old thing, the law of sin and death. And in verse 9 it says, we are not in the realm of the flesh, but we are in the realm of the Spirit. So now you are primarily spirit being you are not you do not belong to the darkness you are you know this is the old it's gone it's dead how much can you kill something that's dead already you can't it's dead it's gone okay oh you're gonna tell me hmm, sometimes it doesn't feel like it i know sometimes it doesn't feel like it and this is why the reality is we still have mortal bodies 
Okay, so until Jesus come back and we have our new bodies, we're still living with the reality we're here on earth and we live with mortal bodies. But this is why it says in Romans 12, renew your mind. Okay, it's the same thing to say, wake up to the reality that you are merely spirit, that you are a citizen of heaven, that the old is gone, the new has come. It's, you know, your body... And your soul takes a little time to catch it up. That's why we live with a little bit of a tension. So I'm not saying the tension is not there. But I'm saying you need to start to believe the old is gone. Because you will change. You will be transformed. Actually, it says um, in Romans 8 verse 11, His spirit who lives in us will also give life to our mortal body. So life is coming to us. Now you're saying, Hashel, what are you mentioning? Why you are you saying that about prayer? This is really important because this is the bit really crucial for our prayer life. We've received the Spirit. And in Romans um, 8.15 it says, The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your ad- adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So, because of his spirit, we are now son and daughter of the living God. That's the new birth. Okay? We've gone with, from a situation where we lived in darkness, we were slave to sin, and living in the kingdom of darkness, with the prince of this air, Satan, being the master. To another situation where we are now in the kingdom of life. And do you know what? This master is not cruel. This master is our father. So effectively, effectively we've gone home. Okay? In the adoption process, there's a revelation that this father is love. That's why we don't need to fear of him. We're not like, oh, Papa, please. Please, would you give me a little piece of bread? Can I have more? Oliver Twist. Can I have more? We're not like that. We're not Oliver Twist. Okay? We actually have this father who loves us, who wants to do good for us, who wants to give us more. Fear is gone. Slavery is gone. We have been set free. Can you see? And the spirit himself testify with our spirit that we are God's children. Now we are children, and so we are heir, heir of God, co-heir with Christ. We have an inheritance, a glorious inheritance. Can you see how it's shifted? It's completely shifted. I'm telling you, right now, there's a really practical application. If in your life, you are still struggling with sin. If in your life, you're struggling with addiction or bad stuff you want to get rid of, just declare to yourself, you know what? This, the old are gone. I am not, I do not have to be a slave to sin. I do not have. Jesus paid the price for me. That's the old. The new in me, the spirit in me can grow life and will set me free of all these things in the name of Jesus. Yes? We are royalty. Can you see how it will affect your prayer? Can you see how it will affect your prayer that you will pray going, Papa? What is Papa in your own language? What is Daddy in your own language? What is Abba Father? It's an intimate word. So in French, it's Papa. You know? 
In English, it's daddy. In your own language, what is it? Yes? That intimate word for he's my papa. Yes? So he will do me good. And you, you read the whole Roman 8, and at the end of Roman 8, you will see that it says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. You know? And everything will, will be good for those who believe in and love him. Yes? Okay? So he takes us on an adventure, okay, because we are heirs with him. Do you know what is amazing as well? Is you carry on reading this passage and you know you are never alone even as you are praying. Never alone as you are praying. It's for you. Sometimes he does the prayer for you. Because it says in Romans 26, the Spirit help us. Uh, Romans 8, verse 26. Somebody's following. <laughs> okay. You know, when we do not know, you've got the verse there, when we do not know what we ought to pray, the Spirit intercede for us. Is such our hearts and know, you know, the mind of the Spirit, etc. Yeah? Actually, sometimes when we are under attack, it says as well, we have an, we have an advocate. Because later on, verse 34, who then is the one who condemns no one? Christ, Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised, okay? Who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us, okay? So, do you know what? That comforted me tremendously. I remember um, praying recently about a situation that was so complex, I just have another clue. I said, God, I want to pray, but I have no idea what to say. <laughs> I have no idea how. And I don't, do you know, I said, God, but the great thing is Holy Spirit in me. I know he can do it. So I just stay in his presence. And I start to speak in tongues. I say, God, you, you're interceding? I don't know how to pray, but I know you're helping me then. I know Jesus is there and he's interceding as well. Okay. So, because we are his children, we have his ear. We have his ear. It's a birthright. We have his ear. Okay? We, have co- we are completely co-heirs with him. And we are royalty. Now, this is an interesting bit. And that's going to be my second point. We are pretty awesome. But one thing we need to remember is actually it's always, if this work, you know what? Here we go. But ultimately, it's not about us. It's about his glory. And that's the bit we need to remember always. Okay? So when we're praying, when we're asking, we're asking for provision, we're asking for forgiveness, we're asking for protection, we're asking for deliverance. You know, everything that is in the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord's Prayer, how does it start? It starts, Our Father, hallowed be your name. That means be magnified. You are awesome. You are holy. You are glorious, etc. Hallowed be your name. Second thing, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before you answer my prayer, I know it's about your glory. I know it's about you. I know it's not about me. Your will be done. Your will be done. Yes? When I was preparing this, I was reminded of the prayer of Jesus in 
Do you say Gethsemane or Gethsemane? Gethsemane. Right, for the friends. Gethsemane. <laughs> right. So, I was reminded of this prayer because you remember, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Yes? You believe that, yes? So, he knew what was coming. Before going on the, before literally being killed on the cross, he knew it was coming because he's fully God. But there we find Jesus, his spirit is troubled. He's like, he's praying and three times during that night, he says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Free time, free time. Jesus goes, oh, it's going to hurt because I'm man. He's a man as well. It's going to hurt. And I know it's coming. Father, if you could take it away, but nevertheless, as you will. Yeah? What would have happened if Jesus decided to not go for the suffering? That's why I, I wonder. I mean, uh, where? Yeah. What would have happened as a man if Jesus had said, oh, no, it's too hard. Forget about that. Yeah? But he was full of the Spirit. And he knew he was about the will of his Father. And do you know what? In every way, Jesus modeled for us. Because in every way it says in the, in the gospel, he, he did as his father asked him to do. Yeah? He always did his father's will. So what we do is we do the father's will. We do the same than Jesus. That's why we pray the Lord's Prayer that way. Yeah? Now, two weeks ago, I was at the back of the church over there. And uh, it was worship time. And it, the presence of God was so incredible. And I really feel God. I felt God whispering in my ear something. And this was the, the bit. It said, you know what? It's time to let go of the disappointment of all unanswered prayers and just pursue me, yeah. for me. I'm going to repeat that. It's time to let go of the disappointment of all unanswered prayer and just pursue me. For me, just for me, because it's about my glory. And funnily enough, on that day, I think Jimmy preached about God's glory, you know. Sometimes we do not understand why our prayer are not answered. But still the words on our lips is, Father, your will be done. It doesn't mean we let go of the issues, we'll carry on praying, we carry on believing. But Father, your will be done. We acknowledge that the end, you know, his glory will be manifested. At the end, it will come for our good. It will come through for our good. Yes? So brothers and sisters, you need to look after your heart. Don't let anger, don't let disappointment don't let entitlement, your entitlement is you ought to answer my prayer. Yeah? Build up. When your prayers are not answers, okay, go to God. 
Just tell him how disappointed you are. Let him come with grace and love again and refresh your heart. I'm going to read you a little testimony. And I've got, be, to be honest, when I read this in a book, uh, I, I repented. Okay, straight away I say, yeah, I'll do that sometime. I'll repent straight away. And this, this is a little uh, testimony that happened uh, when uh, actually an American pressure was doing a tour. It's, it's called R.A. Tory, And this story is actually in, a, in Timothy Keller's book on prayer. And once he was preaching and a note was passed to him, you know, a question. And he read the note aloud and it said, Dear Dr. Tory, I am in a great perplexity. I have been praying for a long time for something that I am confident is according to God's will. But I do not get it. I do not get it. I have been a member of the Presbyterian Church for 30 years. And I have tried to be a constant one all time. I have been a superintendent in the Sunday school for 25 years. And an elder in the church for 20 years. And yet, God does not answer my prayer. And I cannot understand it. Can you please explain it to me? This was Tori's answer. <laughs> Brace yourself. He <laughs> said, well, the problem is not very hard to see. This man thinks that because he has been a consistent church member for 30 years, a faithful Sunday school superintendent for 25 years, an elder for 20 years, that God is under the obligation to answer his prayer. But what he's doing is really praying in his own name. We need to pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ has the great claims on God. We should go to God in our prayers, not on the ground of any goodness in ourselves. I would add in any effort of ourselves, but on the ground of Jesus' name. You get it? Okay. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray a repentance prayer. That's what I pray when I read that. If you feel you've done a little bit of that, just join me. You close your eyes and you join me. You know? I say, oh, oh, this is what I prayed. I said, Father, <laughs> forgive me to have wrongly believed that I could twist your arms with my good behavior or my effort. Forgive me to wrongly believe that you owe me or that you should answer my prayer because I'm entitled to. When in reality, my standing in front of you is in Jesus Christ alone. His grace, his goodness. Father, I will continue to pray sitting on the right seat, praising you always and praying, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. I choose to love you even when my prayers are not answered. I choose to trust you. I choose to believe that you are good. And at the end, you are always working for my good. Amen. 
You see the point here. He's praying in the name of Jesus. It's not a formula. It is not a punctuation that comes at the end of our prayer. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be saved in Jesus' name. It is not even a method we learn from the Bible because Jesus said to his disciple, pray in my name. It's not, oh, Jesus said to his disciple, let's apply the method. It is not that. Praying in Jesus' name is the basis of all, all our prayers. It's the basis of all our prayer. When we say in Jesus' name, we are saying, I recognize that the only access to God I have is in Jesus' name. So both the qualification, my qualification, and my access is in Jesus' name. What I'm saying is, Jesus qualifies me. Jesus provides the access for me to the Father. Can you see? So we have God's ear in Jesus' name. We have been granted a great audience with the King because of Jesus' sacrifice. So when we pray, be healed in Jesus' name. What we're doing is we're declaring his authority. We say, and we say in Jesus' name, we say it's all by him. So you, Jesus, are making it possible. When we pray in Jesus' name, we say it's all through him. That means you have the power and you have the authority. We say it's all for him. That when somebody, we pray for someone and that person is healed, That's to Jesus' glory. That's not for my glory. Can you see that? So it's all by him, through him, for him that we are praying. It's the basis of all our prayers. There is nothing in your personal qualification that gives you access to God. Everything has been given through Jesus Even if you have a little bit of faith, that faith comes from God. Because it says faith is a gift from God. Do you see it? All right. So that's the second point. We have his here. We we are son and daughters, but we have his here because of Jesus. And it's all about him. It's all about his glory. All right. So the last point I want to talk about. I think Josh is going to have to help me. Thank you. Next one. Yes. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. Maybe Josh might be able to do it. Could you press on 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 the keyboard? Yes. So the last thing is, this prophetic word say, do not pray like beggars, but pray like a bride. Okay. Now in Ephesians 1, verse 20, he said, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Okay. And in Ephesians 2, verse 6, it says, we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Okay? So I'm just asking you, where are we sitting then? Where are we sitting? Yeah. So it's a picture of there's God, the Father. Jesus is at his right hand. 
And because we are next to him, we're just next to Jesus, all right? For me, that talks to about the groom and the bride. Because remember, as the church, we are preparing to be the bride of Christ, yes? And we are right now, so we're preparing and we fully come into terms to that. With, but we're still right now as the church sitting in heavenly places at the right hand of God. The point I, was making, I, I would like to make is, of course, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, all of you are seated in the right hand of God. But when you read the passage, really, it's a lot of we and us and we and us. So there's something about the corporate. As the church, we are sitting at the right hand of Jesus. There's something about the bride there. That's who we are. We are the bride of Christ. It says something about, you know, groom and bride. It says something about we love Jesus. There's an intimacy in our love with Jesus. We know him and we know we have favor with Jesus. Yes. And do you remember the story of Esther in the Old Testament? Do you remember the story of Esther? So Esther quite from a modest background, was actually prepared to be uh, chosen by the king as the next future queen of the kingdom, right? And she went through a process of being prepared for the king. And it says, right in Esther, that actually, because she was not asking much, but getting on ready with the preparation, she found favor with everyone around her. Okay, and we later on in in the in the story we see the incredible favor she had because she 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 basically got the guts to enter the king's room and at those time if you entered the king's room without permission or being invited you could actually be killed on the spot unless the king would extend to you his scepter and then you would you would have favor and you could ask a request and that's what happened with Esther Esther walked in. Uh, the king just gave his favor and said, what do you want? You can have half of my kingdom. Because she had favor. That's a picture of the bride. That's who we are. What do you want? I can give you half of my kingdom. Okay? And, you know, and then, of course, Hester did amazing and saved her whole uh, people. You know, the Jewish people who were in trouble. That's the story. You can read it. But the thing is, the point here that I want to make is we are God's people. Yeah, we have favor and we know we already have favor because we are standing in Christ. And actually we have favor with Christ and we have favor with the Father because it says in John 15 verse 16, whatever we ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give to us. And we know now what it means to ask in Jesus' name, right? So whatever we ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give us. So we have favor, we know we have favor. But there's another thing I'd like to show you here is I also believe that we grow in favor. So we have fathers here, but we can grow in favor in how we answer our prayer. And do you know what? It's not by our own merit, not at all. It's about learning how to please him and loving him and asking in his name and knowing his will. And do you know how I know that? Because if you read the whole chapter of John 15, it's pretty clear to me that there is a process. So sometimes we're keen of uh, quoting the bit, bit the, the nice bit, 
and we skip over the not so interesting bit in our point of view. All right? Because if you read John, it starts by Jesus is the wine, we are the branch, and you know, if you don't bear fruit, you will be pruned. That's pretty painful, isn't it? Okay? So some people say, oh, that's about cutting you off from the kingdom. No, it's about bearing fruit. And sometimes Jesus will say, come on, renew your mind. This needs to fall off your life. That's the pruning. So sometimes, yeah, before we arrive at the beat, whatever we ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give us. There is I don't know what it is with you, but sometimes you're not really honest. Oh, Jesus, okay. Help me. Jesus, help me. That's the pruning. That's the pruning. And then there's a second thing in this chapter is like, remain in my love. And actually when you read the chapter, remaining in his love is it's pretty much equated to... Take my commandment very seriously. Obey me. Seriously. So remaining in his love, it's if you love me, you keep my commandment. Wow. Yes, that's true. Because when we love someone, we want to do everything to please them. So we're not doing it to keep the rules, but we love him. We want to please him, right? So... um, Yes, sometimes things have to fall off our lives. Right, let's imagine this thing for fun. You know, let's imagine Jesus said to you, okay, come and do your request. We're going to go and see Father and we're going to make your request, okay? And Jesus Jesus said to you, but I've got to tell you something. I'm completely making it up, by the way, okay? (laughs) Uh, I've got to tell you something. When you arrive to the Father, I've noticed he really doesn't like the color blue. But he really loves the color purple. All right. So I'm making it up, obviously. Don't you think that when you go to see the father, you're going to say, oh, God, where is my purple dress? <laughs> Don't you think you're going to do that? You say, oh, I've got, to, I've got to please the king. You would do that, would you not? Okay. That's what happened with his commitment. When, you know, God said, yeah, you know, do not lie. Do not commit adultery. Do not. All of this is like, it's not good for you. Come on. Let's get cleaned up. Yeah. He's going to please me. I'm going to trust you with so much more. Because I know your heart will be fine. I can trust you with more. Because I know that you can take it. You know the selfishness will be gone. And all of that. Can you see? It's with a loving heart that God is saying that. So as a bride, we have his here. But come on. Let's get our pipes clean. If we want to be vehicle of his glory, come on, we get our plant cleans. We need to get rid of, of bitterness, of unforgiveness, all our bad habits, all right? Uh, our addiction, um, our trauma, our, all the things that entangle us. We need to get rid of it, right? Because otherwise we won't be able to pray with the right motives. And even when we do good prayers... God will be able to, to entrust us with more. And the reality, if he was entrusting with us with more, we probably will take his glory. 
Because imagine right now, Jesus is giving you a gift of healing. And every person you pray is healed in the name of Jesus. You would go, I'm going to start building my website. (laughs) Rich Rachel, you know, 100% healing. Come to me. Yeah? And then the reality is you would be riddled with pride. And actually... People will swamp you with demands and you will crumble because you can never do it in your own effort. That's the reality. Your pipes better be cleaned, (laughs) you know, because otherwise you won't be able to handle it. Okay? So as a church, guys, let's get our pipe clean. Let's encourage each other to get rid of everything we do not need so we can run the rest really well. Because do you know what? We have glorious purpose. We are the bride Okay, we're getting ready and we have amazing, glorious thing to do. So I'm going to finish and ask you three questions. You could close your eyes if you want. Let this go deep down in your heart. Do you know your father? Do you know your father? Do you know that you are a son and a daughter? That you have favor, that he loves you, that you know, if it's not good, it's not the end. He's not going to let you go. Okay? You will never be separated from his love. Then, secondly, do you know that you are standing only on the merit of Jesus' sacrifice? That grace is the foundation of your faith. Grace is the foundation of your faith it's not you're not saved you're not saved by your religious beliefs you're not saved by your effort you're saved by grace because of Jesus because he is the one who qualifies you to access the father that's right beliefs and then finally do you know that we as a church are getting prepared to be his tribe this bride. And do you know what? We have so much favor. Literally, God is leaning over and saying, do you want it? Do you want Alpha Machina? Do you want my kingdom on earth? You can have it. You can have it. You can have it. That's his heart. That's his heart.